welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the slightly ill Mr. Paul Levy. <coughs> yes, very ill. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 137. Unexpectedly, we're recording on a Tuesday night, not in sync with our usual Sunday night podcasting behaviour, but we've got two games to talk about, and sadly they were quite poor. Uh, we're going to discuss those briefly. We don't want to bring the mood of the week down too much, and we've also got a roundup of news from around the club with everything that's been going on. So I think without further ado, we crack on, and as always, we kick off with our friends over at the Supporters Club. Yep, so on Saturday, the 24th of March, we are at Home to Woking with a 3pm kickoff. Doors for the Supporters Club will open at noon and all the usual hours and homemade roles will be on sale. And one trip to tell you about, you can book your place on the coach to Geisley on Friday the 30th of March, Good Friday. That coach leaves the ground at 9.30am for a 3pm kickoff. The fares for this one are £31 for adults, £28 for concessions with the usual £3 surcharge for non-members. So you can book for this trip on Saturday in the Supporters Club or by calling the travel line on 07722-135970. Did that without even looking. Mate, knows it off by heart. I know my work number, I know my mobile, I know Sarah's mobile, and the travel line. Do you really? That's the four numbers I know off by heart. That is uh, Malcolm McCarthy who mans that line. And uh, yeah, no, great stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, any other business? Just one piece or two pieces this week. Uh, congratulations. Delighted to be able to read these out. At Orient underscore Leighton tweeted and said, um, another new Leighton Orient fan was born at 9.57 on Sunday the 11th of March weighing £7.12 ounces and uh, they've called him Ryan. So welcome to the world. Um, yeah, congratulations to the parents there. Fantastic, Fantastic news. news. Yeah, love that. So also a bit of news came out last night, hastily tweeted by Mr Gilson uh, before we could get out there. So on Friday the 27th of April, we will be joining forces with Phoenix FM and we'll be co-hosting a show with a very special guest panel including Nigel Travis Kent Teague and more so tickets for this event which is being hosted at the club will be free of charge and questions will be invited so if you've got a question for Nigel and Kent please feel free to send them to us not yet we'll give you further details as we get them but it should be a great night that's the night before Gateshead that's Friday 27th of April as me and Paul make our live podcasting debut in front of an audience yeah live studio audience absolutely so the week that was then uh, Coulson Monday the 12th of March Recently released defender Jamie Sendles-White signed for National League side St Albans City. Good luck to you, Jamie. Yeah, and then later in the afternoon, the club announced that Macaulay Bond and Ebu Adams have been called up for international duty. So Macaulay Bond has been selected for Zimbabwe in the Four Nations Tournament and they will play Zambia on Thursday the 22nd of March. And depending on that result, they'll either go on to play South Africa or Angola on Sunday the 25th of March. Yep, Ebu has been selected for Gambia in their friendly against Algeria on Saturday the 24th of March, so he will also miss the Woking game, but could come up against Algeria's Riyad Mahrez. <laughs> Imagine him doing a crunching tackle Imagine. on £50 million Riyad Mahrez and putting his summer transfer to wherever he was going to go, into jeopardy. Brilliant, I mean, it's great, you know, they've both been selected, but shame to lose them for the Woking game, because that is a pretty it's quite crucial big game, but it's why we have a large squad to choose from, and as well, opposed to playing against some random non-league midfielder, Ebu goes up against Riyad Mahrez. So yeah. can't argue with that. And Macaulay Bond could be playing South Africa, who've got a few decent players. Yeah. So a great opportunity for those two. And hopefully 
they'll do well. The talking point is obviously who's going to then come in yeah. for not so much McCauley because we saw a change um, at Eastley yeah. on Saturday, but who's actually going to be the one that replaces um, Ebu? I think clearly it'd be Alex Lawless. I think Joby might play in the middle and Karoma might play on the wing. Okay. But we'll see. But that's options there for shout. Justin. Yeah, that's an interesting shout. Justin. Yep, so Tahue Tuesday, the 13th of March. Torquay at home was the uh, sadly the main event of that day. Um, <laughs> team lined up with Dean Brewer in goal, Caprice Kobe, Coulson and Ling at left-back, Reynolds, Clay, Adams and Brophy with Mooney and Bon up top. Subs were Granger, Widdison, Karoma, Harold and Holman. So it's meant there were two changes from Saturday's lineup versus Ebbsfleet as David Mooney and Lamar Reynolds started with Dan Holman and Josh Karoma dropping to the bench. And for me, decent looking team. One, I expected to be honest. Good to see Mooney start. And maybe Justin had been listening to the podcast the previous week as we discussed the yeah. you know, advantages of starting David Mooney. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I don't think uh, there's anything to disagree on. Uh, Ling at left back is an interesting uh, proposition with Widdison on the bench. Yeah. That was quite an interesting change there. Um, obviously, we know how it plays out, but at the time we write it, be interesting to see how it does yeah, play out. Absolutely. So we got quite a few views on Twitter when the team was announced that James O'Hagan tweeted us and said, a strong lineup and bench. I think Holman's time is up. Mooney needs to prove he's worth starting ahead of Howard now because he needs to break that league drought. Nino Barone 27 said, This is Mooney's chance. He's got a lot to prove. Surprised Holman's lasted this long before being dropped, but praying Mooney can deliver tonight. So the first half kicked off on a cold and sparse night at Brisbane Road. Not much goal action to talk about early on in the ninth minute. Mooney got the ball in on the right, played in a very good cross to Bond, whose head was tipped over by Doyle in the talky goal, but the offside flag was up. But a good little blink up play there between Mooney and Bob. Absolutely. 15 minutes on the clock, Brett Williams turned and fired over from distance for, for Torquay, who was starting to really grow into the game and get a little bit more confidence. Yeah, quite a start, I thought, from the O's. And the next 10 minutes sees both sides not really doing much with sloppy passes, a few minor fouls. It was one of those games where you thought one goal was probably going to. Looking win the back game. now. Looking back now, retrospectively, you can actually say that that had set the tone for how that game was yeah. going to really turn out, really. Yeah, absolutely. With 25 minutes on the clock, though, it's almost Torquay who took the lead as um, Young's effort comes to remain, who knocks the ball onto the post, but uh, thankfully he was offside. And George Sessions happened to note that Dean Brill was going mental at Caprice after this and that Orient was sloppy on the right-hand side. He's always having a go at at Jake Caprice there's some real even at Eastleigh there's some real rollickings that he's dishing out to Jake he has a go at everyone uh, pretty much but that's that's him you know that's his personality and it's good to see Uh, 37th minute (sighs) size around Brisbane (laughs) Road it's Torquay went 1-0 up so O'Sullivan got the ball in the box and after some trickery some long winded trickery uh, (laughs) played the ball in uh, got the cross in and remain had a free header pass brought from close range and Torquay went one up for me a terrible goal was conceded Adams at first he didn't track his man O'Sullivan so O'Sullivan was in the box Caprice was now on O'Sullivan doesn't close him down uh, quick enough he doesn't do enough to block the cross but still once the cross comes in Elikobi's nowhere so three players who should be doing better mm. all let themselves down although one took majority of the blame I guess we'll come on to that I think it could have been prevented had the other two done their jobs a bit better 
stop the cross from coming in in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a thing that we actually really do need to work a lot on is is stopping the crosses getting into the box in the first place. But if it does make its way into the box, which more often than not it will, there should be players in there that are, co- are capable and competent enough to deal with it. We shouldn't have to keep talking about these sloppy, sloppy switching off moments. Oh, Justin, uh, and it's become an absolute reoccurring thing. Justin and Ross would have been putting their hair out on the touchline. Right, absolutely. And quite rightly so. You know. Absolutely, yeah. Agree with you. Despite going a goal down, though, the O's were unable to respond in the remaining time in the first half. Five additional minutes are played and the half-time whistle goes to a few boos as the O's go in trailing 1-0 at half-time. Yeah, I guess we deserve to be a goal down. They've hit the post, they've scored uh, and we haven't really cre- created much, so very yeah. disappointing. You know. Yeah, poor game against a poor team. And we've... For the better teams, we tend to up our game, and for the yeah. worst teams, we we tend to stoop. But Alex Lawless uh, was in the hospitality beforehand, and he and he said he was asked, "Is this an easy game? Would you expect to win it?" And he said, "It's it's harder than facing a team at the top because you kind of get dragged into a, a game you don't want to be playing against the bottom team, so it makes you play their game, which is what in effect happened." Mm. In that game, so tenants was announced at two thousand nine hundred with one hundred and fifty-five away fans from Torquay. Decent effort from them, absolutely for a team at second bottom, third bottom of the national yeah. league. That's a really strong uh, turnout, in my opinion. So the second half kicked off. We made no changes at half time, but in the fifty-fifth minute, a corner from Reynolds was headed by Lacobe towards the back post. Darrell managed to tip that over for a corner. In the fifty-eighth minute, Justin had had enough, and he made a double sub. As Lamar Reynolds was subbed for Matt Harold and Joe Wooderson came on for Jake Caprice, some sarcastic applause from the crowd. I thought that was a bit harsh on Jake. You know, he's been he's been poor. Don't get me wrong, but don't sarcastically applaud mm. the guy. In my view, anyway, I thought it was a bit harsh on him. But he was he's he's responsible for so many lapses in concentration. He is responsible for. for not cutting out a lot of the crosses that are coming in. Don't get me wrong, he's not a complete full-blown guilty party here because there are other players that are not supporting him as well as they should be supporting him, which makes him look worse than what it actually is. But he was having a real bad day. Yeah, and yeah. I think that was the right the right change for him. And it's good that Justin made it quite early oh, in mate, the second half, right? It was, it was the right sub, don't get me wrong. But to sarcastically yeah, applaud him and cheer a player who's worn the shirt for me it's football you know, for you yeah, isn't it absolutely 68 minutes on the clock though Orient made their final substitution Josh Caroma came on and replaced the almost invisible for me Craig Clay yeah another quiet game there for Craig and he can't be doing that he just can't be having quiet games as a centre midfielder the games are bossed in midfield they're run by the yeah. midfielders and when the midfielders aren't running it it means the attackers aren't getting into their um, best positions and the defenders are put under more pressure. Well, there was a guy who was playing for in the Scottish Premiership last year. Last year, he's almost a non non existent central midfielder in the conference this year. Very odd, very odd. So, 71st minute, nice build up play from Adams who had done well, and Wilson led to Karoma shooting into the hands of Durrell. So, Karoma looked quite lively. He'd just come on, already taken a shot. Good to see. Bit of impetus as the subs from Harold hadn't really had the desired effect at this point in the game. Yeah. Next 10 minutes, though, sees some pressure from Moran and a few dangerous tackles from Torquay going unpunished. I remember one in particular, there was a two-footer stud showing yeah. as well and the, the ref did nothing, which was he was an, another poor example of poor refereeing. Not much really being created uh, by us and Torquay 
uh, and still giving it a good go really um, and trying to counter-attack on the break yeah. which is admirable from them yeah they were trying to kill the game off for a second and you got a feeling if they were to score a second it would be game over anyway so yeah. 80th minute got a free kick in a decent position surprisingly upset George Ellie Kobe yeah. he did well enough curled over the bar but surprised Mooney and Bonn aren't, aren't all over those as a goal scorer especially Mooney you know you'd think you'd be all over that but or one of the attacking player, yeah. one of the other attacking players, yeah, one of the wingers or something, absolutely. Um, so the match goes into the final ten minutes, and Orient desperately needing the equaliser, uh, and then in the eighty eighth minute, David Mooney crosses into the area. Bond unfortunately jumped too early and headed way over from close range. That was the chance. That was the game saving moment. That was the chance. Completely unmarked as well. Surprising miss there from Bond. I think when he looks back on that, he'll be quite disappointed with himself. Should have really buried that. Yeah, but it's the story of our evening. So the ball went up. Well, I think four just, minutes. Just yeah, just before you go on with that, I think there's there's there was talk at Eastley um, on Saturday about how you know McCauley Bond needs so many chances to put one away. What's got what you know? What's that's a, that must be a talking point as well. I mean, the fact the guy scored nearly twenty goals this yeah. season stopped him from getting the level of negativity, that, uh, negative discussions that, that Holman's getting. Oh, if Holman misses that header or Mooney, I think oh, we're, the we're, all, we're all outraged yeah, even ab- more. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I, and, and I'm not trying to dig McCauley out here because I, th- I have a- absolute admiration and respect for him as I do all the players. But, you know, ultimately, an informed striker doesn't miss those chances. They, they, they snatch at those and they take them. Yeah, I would agree with that. And that that's a game-saving moment. We, we, we get a point out of that. So... Um, unfortunately it wasn't meant to be yeah I mean if that goes in we could go on in theory and win that game another five minutes to play but yeah. like you said it wasn't to be yeah. uh, 89th minute bit of frustration coming into the game Adams has the ball now 30 yards out and just smashes it well over in yeah. a decent position bit of a waste there so the ball went up <clears throat> with four minutes of additional time for the O's to find an equaliser yeah and in the 94th minute real last throw of the dice as Dean Brill launched a long ball into the Torquay half the ball found its way to Mooney in the area uh, from Bond Mooney smashed a shot away that hit the post and unfortunately went out to safety that was literally an inch to the oh, right wow. and that is bottom corner typical of the luck we're having at the absolutely. moment absolutely yeah. absolutely David did it, Moons did everything right there. Such a shame. Yeah, and just a few seconds later, the full-time whistle goes as the O's slip to a 1-0 home defeat against relegation threat in Torquay on a very disappointing and luckluster evening uh, yeah. at Brisbane Road. Yeah, Justin Edinburgh said after the game, it wasn't good enough. I won't hide behind it and I can accept, can't accept that performance. We, should con- we shouldn't concede the goal and if we don't concede, we don't lose because Dean Brill hasn't had to use his hands in the game. We haven't done enough but we've had more possession and we didn't have any intensity, cutting edge or bravery. We have got to do better. And I think that's really the saga of our season since Justin's coming is that we have lots of possession. We've got lots of huff and puff and endeavour. We create a lot, but don't finish anywhere near what we create. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. He was something to say. We didn't have any purpose. I thought we kept the ball for the sake of it rather than having a purpose. We can't keep making excuses. There's an expectation about us and we have to start delivering. We need to relish the expectation and that's got to be our mindset. There will be more games like this towards the end of the season and next season and there is a demand. Our fans expect, rightly so, and we have to deliver. So I quite like that from Justin. He's not shirking away and he's being very honest. So I like that. So... That loss meant we dropped one place to 16th in the league table due to Halifax beating Dagenham. Yeah. So we now have played 37, won 11, drawn 10, lost 16 with a goal difference of minus 7 
and 43 points on the board. So your views on last Tuesday evening? Yeah, so one of, if not the worst performance, I think, under Justin's tenure. Uh, it seems to me that we it feels like we're going backwards instead of forwards. And today's starting 11, or that starting 11 on paper, looked like we would get our first home win of the year. Yeah. Uh, wasn't the case because too many of those players didn't do their jobs anywhere near uh, close to being good enough. Uh, take Jake Caprice, for example, switches off at key moments, ball watches instead of tackle, tracking his man, which means he's caught out of position and puts pressure on the defence. Can't cross well enough to find an Orient player either. I find that incredibly frustrating. Then there's Craig Clay, a.k.a. the Invisible Man. He goes around the pitch doing next to nothing. He's meant to be the creative outlet of the team and he's made a poor pass to Reynolds at Okoroma and then blamed them for losing possession, I which think, I thought was a terrible attitude to have. Yeah, I think in terms of the passing, I think there were lots of poor passes from, from the team, not just Clay, although Clay was responsible for a few, but lots of hospital balls from too many players. Yeah, Some real shocking balls. I know the pitch wasn't great, but even still, Torquay seemed to manage the pitch better than what we did. Yeah. Um, can't tell you the amount of swear words that came out of my mouth tonight out of sheer frustration this is really like an Orient team of one or two years ago and it's not acceptable I'm sure Justin wasn't happy I'm pretty sure Ross wasn't either and I know he read the team the right act afterwards but I'm not sure that his tactical changes helped much either once Harold came on and Mooney dropped into midfield Brophy who was our creative outlet kind of stopped being involved and stopped being so hard, creative. He found it hard to get involved, yeah. yeah, I agree. And I thought Moons was unlucky at the end to hit the post, but as you said earlier, it just really sums up our luck. Yeah, I think you've made most of the points I was going to make, but the most disappointing aspect for me is that Torquay appeared to want it more, fought a bit harder for it and yeah. wanted the victory more, which is what we didn't do. They made it hard for us and stuck to their tactics and got the win. Lack of effort and desire from players is always hard to watch as a fan, you know, and it hurts. We've said it before, don't mind Orient losing as long as players put the effort in. And right. I think there's a few players who came with that pitch on Tuesday who you couldn't really say did. Yeah, they didn't leave it all out there. It's, it's, it's not that I mind losing, because I do mind losing, but I can take a loss if we've tried our hardest yeah, and it's just not worked for us. Agreed, yeah. And I mentioned to you that I think Bond is maybe struggling with Justin's style of play at points. There was a lot of long balls where he's having to win the header and you're like, Bond isn't, isn't your target man to win your headers. Bond's the one who you want headers going to. Um, um, you know, I said... He's found it hard under Justin and found it much easier under Steve Davis's style of play, where it was a bit slower, more build up, more along the floor, and maybe Bond's struggling with that. He, you know, first half of the season looked amazing, like still, and we're talking about another miss in the 88th minute from quite a basic chance. So you likened it, you likened the style though. Oh, with, to um, Simpson. And Hendon, Hendon. Yeah. and then when Nolan yeah. came in absolutely it just reminds me reminds me of that scenario it's got a mirror image yeah. that, isn't it yeah absolutely so also thanks to Gateshead for the last minute equaliser against Solihull as a Solihull win would have seen the O's get dragged into a relegation fight and another thank you to Energy Bet for their hospitality uh, on Tuesday night and if you've never dined in the Legends Lounge is it the Legends Lounge now? Uh, I think so yeah Yeah, it is well worth doing so great to meet Joe Durston who was on our table and his girlfriend Charlotte who were both good fun and Charlotte we hope Joe isn't keeping you up listening to this and Joe if you are get to bed <laughs> apart from that though it was a very disappointing evening yeah so thank you uh, to everybody who tweeted us and we had a huge amount of feedback as I'm sure you can probably imagine so thanks to everybody uh, who got in touch with us through our social media and email accounts uh, again we do try and read as much as we can but just because we read them it doesn't mean that we agree with them so the first one we had in was from Atlan M4 who said no words we're apparently a big club in this league but did nothing to prove it tonight 
unacceptable from the entire team. And I think you can probably get the gist of how most of these are going to read. <laughs> yeah, Orient Chris. So those fans who think we're safe should take a close look at the table. Pathetic. Dear Stu said, gutless and pathetic. Fingers crossed we stay up and can then start again next season. Thanks, Gateshead, for equalising. Yeah, since that Gateshead third goal, or the first goal even, it's been a pretty tough yeah. few weeks. So Stephen Orient says the Justin Bubble has well and truly burst and allowing yeah. Kobe to take three kicks appears like desperation to me. Fans have had concerns with Caprice for ages, yet Justin has not addressed it until tonight when it was too late. Richard J. Bourne said, gutless, lethargic performance, not enough coming from the midfield, too much reliance on Bond to score, who is going through to score who's going through a dry spell. At Jags in 1979, said, if players only had half the passion of the owners when a team have only won six or seven games all season and two of them were against us, <laughs> it shows we're nowhere near where we should be. Kulsasak, Edinburgh, Orling are ridiculous, but agree Caprice isn't up to the standard we need. This season wasn't about promotion, but not about being an embarrassment either. Yeah, absolutely. Matty, LOFC Evans said... I said it last week, Justin Edinburgh is feeling the pressure of being a manager of a big club and he is starting to crack. The results and tactics show this. We are still in a relegation battle and for me, he isn't the man to get us out this league and neither is the squad. Be interested to know who you think would be then. Yeah, Because changing managers every five minutes didn't work for us before. Yeah, LFC 1978 says we are getting dragged back into a relegation scrap. How many times will Caprice cost us before he gets dropped? The season of consolidation is fast becoming a season of embarrassment. Can't keep using the squad as somebody at the last minute excuse. The players need to buck up their ideas and fast. Yeah, Samuel LOFC one nine. Uh, sorry, Samuel LOFC ninety seven said the pitch doesn't help the way we want to play, but the least I expect is a bit of commitment and energy. A lot of these players have been an embarrassment all season. What harsh words there. Yeah, Jacob, the evidence is we lack creativity against probably one of, if not the worst team in this league. Caprice consistently being unable to deliver a cross. Doubtful whether we should be starting Mooney, let alone keeping him on for full 90. The only other highlight was Abu Adams putting in another shift. Yeah, Pint of Wallop said, The last few games may follow this same pattern for us. No intensity going forward. More sideways passing than a ballroom dance. And we'll have enough to stay, we'll have enough to stay up. Luckily, there are a few worse than us. That's a great point. As long as there's four worse than you. Yeah. Absolutely. Das Hodge says Reynolds was totally anonymous in the first half and Caprice has cost us the goal of his dithering. Thought having Mooney on the pitch was like being down to 10 men, even if he did almost equalise late on. Like almost everyone tonight, he was slow and weak. Jimbo 1404, flattest performance for a while against a very poor side. If they can't get it for the game that would have pretty much guaranteed safety, when will they? Caprice needs to be dropped for his own good, but fans cheering their own players going off aren't going to help. Yep, at SMTH Jack 7 says, We're so bad attacking-wise, just not enough of a threat. Nothing exciting about our play. Caprice can't defend. Reynolds doesn't want to be there. Clay didn't pass foot forward all night. And Mooney is unbelievably out of his depth. Gorillas1985 said, People want Adams to sign for us in the summer. We keep playing like this. He will think I'd rather play for a winning team with, with his talent. Need to win the next couple of games or we could seriously go down. Yeah, Kid Samson says that was absolute shambles from 1 to 11. It's complacent, a directionless nonsense against a desperately poor Torquay side who set 10 behind the ball from the first minute. This was as bad as anything under Davis. Sharky War said, We better hope Ebu Adams' uh, back isn't too bad after carrying the rest of the team again after another man of the match from him. He is leagues above us. What a player. That's the only positive for tonight. The rest of the team were like my beer in the South Stand bar. 
flat and overpriced. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Very good. And like we said last week, I'd be amazed if we're not talking to Ebu about a full-time move. Uh, I'm pretty sure we, we must have be. opened some sort of conversation. Must be. Les LK52 says, a game they should have been up for and yet looked flat. I think Edinburgh has got his selection wrong again. Caprice needs to be rested and allow Sounding to play his natural position right back. Also, Reynolds, what is the point? Surely Karoma is a better option. Uh, Orient underscore Viking said, dreadful. Caprice can't defend and can't cross to save his life. Clay might as well be sat in the centre circle on a lilo with a pina colada. <laughs> <laughs> Not safe yet and more worrying we are stuck with these chances. And more worrying is that we are stuck with these chances for next year. Uh, Orient Ballbag says, there's at least five players that need to be shown the door. Clay is like a crab back and sideways but never forward. Where do you start with Caprice? Mooney's too slow. Brophy, Ling and Adams were the only ones tonight who looked like they cared. Only one team said, lacklustre, lifeless, going through the motions performance tonight. Should be beating teams like Torquay out of sight, but we never hardly looked like scoring. Our delivery from corners and free kicks was poor all night and being sucked back into a relegation battle. And it's almost over at D-David use. It's difficult to get annoyed anymore when this type of performance becomes the norm. Teams don't seem to have too much to do to take points off us. The one sort of comfort is the Blossoming Link and Brophy partnership. Yeah, Pandemonium1881 gets the final word on this. He says, too many abject players. There wasn't unnecessarily anything incorrect about individual performances, but the driving motivation shown was unacceptable. Adams, Ling and Brophy, for the first half of Brophy, the only crumb of comfort. Don't think we'll go down, but we've got to be careful. Yeah, so thank you for all your tweets following the Torquay game. Very negative uh, feedback there. As, as you, you would expect. expect. Yes, yeah, so Prediction yeah. League update. Well done to at Dom Roman, who was a Torquay fan, who we wrote for his blog last week. That's One prediction right. this year, and he gets it right. <laughs> at Elmo John and at Charlie underscore Paul, who all predicted a one and one for Torquay. So all get three points for an app prediction league, and there'll be a full roundup at the end of the podcast. Yep, so moving on then, Wednesday the 14th of March, the club posted on their social media accounts asking for volunteers to help fly a door, a door drop and give out posters to local shops for Saturday onwards across Leighton and surrounding areas to help advertise football for a fiver for the upcoming match against Woking on the 24th of March. So obviously you've now missed that, so please, probably not worth getting in touch with the club. Yeah, you can see the flyers are starting to land. There's quite a few people tweeting with their flyers, so regular initiative by the club. Uh, yeah. Thursday 15th of March, and the club announced that the next stadium tour will take place over the Easter holidays on Thursday the 12th of April 1.30pm. Places for this one are limited, so if you'd like to book, please email Matthew at a at m.adeyeye at leightonorient.net. There's always a surprise guest or two at these stadium tours. It's well worth doing. Um, you know, so yeah. if you're free, go and do it. Absolutely. On Thursday, um, that was Thursday, Mooney Friday, sorry, the 16th of March, recently released youngster... Uh, and defender Teddy Perkins signed for Premier League outfit Burnley for their under 23 side yeah. I mean very odd I mean he was never near the um, first team I don't know all. how this has happened I'm scratching my head here honestly genuinely shocking uh, um, scratching my head I think when we spoke to Errol who's like he, he knows a lot about the youth team he was saying the next one to come through who he thought was this about two months ago it was Teddy Perkins he was yeah. like his quality uh and we've just released him and I know it seems to be a main talking point at the moment we're not releasing youth players because they're too weak or not built enough in a Mags league but surely if these players are going to under 23 teams big clubs 
surely they're worth a punt to, to throw him in at certain points of the season no surely it's worth selling him to these clubs if we're going to lose him yeah why would you release a player for him to then go and get yeah, an, a contract at, uh, uh, and alright Burnley let's say Burnley got relegated they're still a championship club at, you know at worst oh, do you know what I mean he'll be fine at Burnley yeah he'll be fine I, it's I a great, just, great career move but a bit baffling how a player yeah. can't get near a national league first team but is able to walk into a premiership under 23 and we've got Alzate Abrahams now doing well with Dolby obviously they've gone for a fee of sorts yeah. but surprising that Teddy was let go and obviously we'll keep an eye on Teddy's career yeah. as it progresses yep so Saturday the 17th of March the under 18s was supposed to be in action against Plymouth but their match was called off due to the weather and the main event in Eastley away so the team was announced at Dean Brewer and goal <coughs> back four of Link Coulson Elikobi and Wadesson in the midfield of McEnough Adams, Clay, Brophy with starting to Harold and Holman substitutes this one with Granger, Ekpeteta, Karoma, Bond and Mooney. Yeah, four changes in that side as you can tell. It's not a straight uh, usual just inside. So four changes from the Torquay lineup. Joe Widdison came in for Jake Caprice who doesn't even make the matchday squad. Joby came in for Lamar who also doesn't make the squad. Dan Holman and Matt Harold come in for Macaulay, Bond and David Mooney who both drop to the bench so, yeah. so your views on, on that one yeah I think the changes that many fans were calling for have been made Bomb is rested no Caprice in the squad at all no doubt they'll say he was ill or injured I wrote this at the time yeah. obviously that's not happened good to see McEnough back and I like I like the back four I think it'd be interesting to see how Harold uh, and Holman how that combo works but it's it's nice that Justin's keeping it fresh I think that back four is now that's the back four I'd I would su- say now I'd be surprised if Caprice yeah. manages to get his way back in there but you never know so for me yeah good team with a few surprises thrown in great yeah. chance for both Harold and Holman to impress mm. with Bonham Mooney being benched um, good to see McEnough back mm. you know he's been fantastic form was unlucky to get injured Yeah, had a long injury so yeah so we've got a few views on the team at alpha2 underscore o underscore magus as I like it great to see Joby back I'm not sure about Harold but it's right to give Bond a rest. Yeah, Dave M one eight one two said, like the lineup, three strikers on the bench. Still consider Karoma to be a striker. Shows Justin is searching for his most effective front men. At Janine Adelman says, has Justin been listening to the fans, or maybe we are all on the same wavelength? Yeah, Jamie Stripe said, McEnough coming back might help. Bond has looked tired lately and probably needs a rest. Caprice dropped, no surprise, but our attack was pretty toothless unless they both spring, unless they both spring a major. Surprise. So you were there, you were in the ground I was. first 20 minutes. Nothing. I went on the Sunshine bus, the Sunshine tour. It was very entertaining. Um, yeah, Joe runs a really good coach, a lot of good people on there. Um, we turned up just in time for kickoff. Uh, the first 20 minutes, you can really skip over it to be honest because there was really nothing of anything to talk about. Um, yeah, I can't even remember much of anything. I, and I even think I said to I said to Simon, who I was with, I said that this first 15, 20 minutes, and Grant, that nothing, nothing, there's nothing to report on here. Um, but we registered our first attempt um, in the 21st minute. I will say that Mark Yeats was uh, looking quite lively, thought he might do us some damage, um, and he saw a couple of efforts go wide or over, but uh, it looked like they were trying to play on our right-hand side, so targeting Sam Ling. Oh, okay. Surprising, actually, you know. Pretty yeah, but he's smaller than Joe. Okay. So I think that they saw that potentially as a weakness. weakness. Yeah, so 33rd minute, Gavin Hoyt's looping cross was well defended and cleared by Samling before Hoyt crossed again this time for McCallum to head straight. Bro, yeah, Paul McCallum at Eastleigh. Yeah, Paul McCallum at Eastleigh. Is he looking lively or? No. Nah. <laughs> 
goes up for headers, doesn't win him, not against Big George. Um, he took a bit of stick from the fans, as did Gavin oh, White. did he? Yeah, he took a bit of stick. What, Paul McKellar? Yeah. Cheered when he went off, sort of thing, sarcastically. And a bit harsh there. I thought so. Um, Gavin Hoyt took a bit of um, took a bit of banter just before kickoff. Uh, we were all singing Justin, give us a wave. Justin, Justin, give us a wave because obviously his brother's right, slightly okay. more famous and uh, slightly better. So, but he laughed it off, and it was it was good banter. Um, <laughs> yeah, and in the thirty-sixth minute, we got a free kick just outside the easy box and. Uh, I, I was able to quickly get the phone out and post, oh, saw, yeah. post a bit of footage on that. McEnough stepped up. Um, his effort just hit the upright and it was so... so another inch southeast. Lift and paint job in that one. Yeah, that's literally... He's just hit that. Harold's follow-up header, unfortunately, wasn't enough to put us in the lead. Soon as it left Joby's boot, Stack, nowhere near it, mate. Stack just standing there watching it go in. And unfortunately, didn't beat the bar, like you said. Harold's follow-up header wasn't enough. Yeah. And the chance is gone. I think the rest of the half, yeah. he said, played out. No real chance to talk about. We're going at nil-nil. Two turgid teams, really. Typical Andy Hessen Tyler team. Yeah. Bit half and puff. Not much. Nothing created. Quite flat. Um, we tried a bit. Mark Yeats looked like their most lively out- outlet on the left-hand side. Um, yeah, Paul McCallum was putting himself about, but nothing so nothing major really. Fair reflection of the game. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. Yeah, 2013 fans were in attendance with 453 of those travelling. Another great away attendance there, so well done to everyone who made that journey. <coughs> no subs at half-time for the O's as the second half kicks off and Aisley came out and tested our defence uh, in the second half, but the score remained 0-0. Yeah, nothing really of note to talk about there, unfortunately. It's a bit of a, nut, a couple of nothingy games, really, Torquay in this yeah. one. Uh, McEnough was replaced by Caroma in the 53rd minute, which I thought was quite surprising to make a change that Managing early. his fitness. Possibly. Managing his be. pain or something like that. Yeah, but then why not make be. the change at half-time? Yeah. Um, to our man Dan, had a superb chance in the oh. 59th minute to put us 1-0. I've not seen any of this, by the way. Mm. He worked his way through to go got a 1-1 I think I read it was Stack came out made himself big yeah uh, on the floor on his side shot yeah come out I'm demonstrating to Steve but obviously you guys can't see it but it's like a beautiful graceful ballerina yeah going sideways and um, <laughs> he's basically come out and smothered it should he have scored it it's a hard chance but yes probably Stack done well though Stack yeah. done well Stack read the game well but Stack's an an experienced goalkeeper. Yeah. I can't stand the guy, but he's an experienced goalkeeper. I mean, his game, I'm sure he's a lovely bloke, but he's, as a goalkeeper, he's, he's an horrible guy. But um, yeah, you think you should have tri- chipped it over him. We were all saying, like, you just know, he's coming it. out, dink it over the top right. of him. I mean, Harman just needs a goal, doesn't he? Like, <coughs> if Harman gets one, he'll go on to get hopefully more. He just needs that elusive goal. And straight after, Harman was sub for Bonn, who was getting ready to come on anyway before the shot. So that wasn't on the back of him missing that shot. The negative pessimists will say, because he missed that but actually I saw Bond getting ready to come on before that chance happened but um, you know he was making a nuisance of himself he was running Um, 64th minute though Josh Caroma got the better of his man drilled a low cross uh, into the box it missed Bond and Harold uh, and then Eastley were able to clear that yeah and 70th minute Bond again as he glanced Caroma's corner kick into the side netting so getting one involved there in the game yeah with that one though that should have been flicked on he was past the, the the near post. He was he wasn't in the goal. He was past it. So when you're heading it, you're heading it sideways, which is out. Yeah. You know, the goal's behind you, effectively here. So I thought it was a bit of a waste, and um, you should have probably headed that backwards and and, and into the danger zone. Uh, so yeah, minute, Karoma forced his way into the box. 
before Bond picked up the ball and shoots, but the ball takes a deflection and goes out. Sounds like Karoma's coming into the game a bit towards he, the end. He had a real positive impact in the game, actually. Good. I thought he looked lively. He was quite direct. I remember saying to Simon and Grant, uh, who I was standing with, that he's, he's had a real good good go at their right back yeah. and their left back, and their left back, he's left him, left him for dead at times. So, good yeah, Josh, Josh had a, a really good game, I thought. Good to see. Um, so where are we? 84 minutes. Sam Matthews created some space for himself. He's the um, EC substitute. He did well, but then blazed it well over. Yeah, he done well, um, actually. Three, and he just silly shot. And five minutes later, 89th minute, we got a brilliant free kick in a fantastic position. Upsteps Kroma. You're like, come on, Josh, mate. Just on target. Test the keeper. Just doing what Joby's done. Smacks it well over. Yeah. Really and he's done that so many times. Really <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> You're practicing this in tra- practicing this in training, if not once a day, then every other day. How are you was rosetting everything? <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't understand it. He absolutely should have at least got yeah. that on target there. Disappointed there. And the four minutes of added time played. When three of those gone, Bond has a glorious opportunity to win the match with a header, but glances at wide. So again, I've not seen this. So should Bond be scoring that? Yeah. 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 Really, and it goes back to the Torquay game on Tuesday. Right. Okay. Should be scoring those these sorts of chances. Yeah, especially in, in your last minute. If we score that, it's, it's, it's three points. Nothing to do, is it? It's, it's three points. It writes the yeah. wrong. It writes the wrong of Torquay. Yeah, almost very three points from from six would have been an acceptable. Yeah, of course. Turnaround makes it a happier podcast. I would say. Oh, absolutely. The full time whistle goes, and a happier journey back from near Southampton. We're just only just outside Southampton. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, sorry, go on. Full time also goes as the Ozone point in a goalless draw away to Italy. Yeah, Justin Edinburgh, Justin Edinburgh sorry, spoke to Dave Victor <laughs> after the match um, and he said that he's pleased with the positive result and Joby returning is a big boost and praised the impact Bon and Karoma had off the bench. He went on to explain that he had been critical of his size defending in recent weeks but they answered some questions today and they were strong and resilient. Yep, yeah, he also said he started with very positive in the second half. The only team that looked as if they would win the game. I probably agree with that. There's not been too many chances in the second half at all that we spoke about for Eastley. And on Dan Holman, Justin said, it just hasn't gone right for Dan. Not through the lack of trying or hitting the target, as the keepers have made a very good save. We had one or two other good chances, but we didn't capitalise on. I agree and with I that. Think, I think we'll see Dan starting again on um, Saturday, Saturday due to Bond not being there. So another opportunity, hopefully, yeah. for Dan to break... His ducks, a league table that draws us a slip another place down the National League to 17th. So now we have just eight games left. We've played 38, won 11, drawn 11, lost 16 with a goal difference of minus seven on 44 points. So we are eight points currently above the relegation places. I think looking at results tonight, that might go to five potentially. Uh, but looking at our supreme goal difference, that's well worth another point because our goal difference of minus seven is much better than any other team in that relegation zone. So nothing too much to worry about at this moment in time yeah that's very true Solihull are currently beating Bromley which obviously by the time you guys listen to this it will be out of date but uh, currently they are on 39 points to our 44 so nothing to worry too much about but keep a close eye on it so your views on your trip to Eastleigh yeah decent decent away trip yeah. I thought yeah decent away trip uh, below average game though uh, neither side really controlling it uh, we've created three or four clear cut chances in my opinion in particular two that fell to Bonn and the one that fell to Holman. And you can see how crucial it becomes to take these chances when a game is that tight. Absolutely. Any, yeah, we've, you could be talking about, any, you could talk about any games this season that about taking these chances, reoccurring Particularly since Justin's taken over. 
Um, didn't think Clay offered much again. Abu was strong and man of the match for me. The game changed for the better for me when Josh Caroma came on, as I said earlier, and he was much more direct. He scared their left-back witless. Um, when Josh and Brophy got, their to, got at their full-backs, they weren't able to control, but we unfortunately... Uh, they weren't able to control us, but we unfortunately weren't able to capitalise either. Uh, on a day with few positives, we did keep a clean sheet. We have got a, a point away from home. And again, thanks to Joe and all the patrons on Le Bus de la Sun for a lovely day out. <laughs> so for me, credit to Justin for changing the team up. You know, he didn't have to, but he's made four brave changes. Sounds like we had the better chances, but just haven't taken them. Defensive done their job and earned a clean sheet, but we've said it before, we just need to be more clinical in front of goal, but... Joby's free kick, you don't really come any closer to scoring than no. that, really, do you? Uh, Without putting it in the net, no. Yeah, but disappointment with Karama's free kick in the last minute. I've got to say that again. Still, point is the point, and now eight points above relegation places, we should be okay. And well done to the 450 fans who win. It was freezing. It was bitterly cold. And a bit of a honestly. Mish. Yeah, so superb achievement. Decent pub in Winchester we stopped off at, though. Bit pricey, but it was a decent pub. See you next season. <clears throat> yep, so those were our views. So your views, again, we're reading these out, but just because we read them, it doesn't mean that we agree with them. Um, and Alan Gollidge got in touch with us and he says, good to see our best back four together at last, resulting in a clean sheet, but we desperately need decent striker options, I'm sure. Justin will be working on this in the summer. Vince Howard, 73, says, good to keep a clean sheet, seeing as we've been coughing up goals for fun, but not good that at this stage of the season we've gone goal shy. So, interesting point. Front two for Saturday, who would you play? Probably be Harold and Mooney. I'd play Holman and Sorry. Mooney. Sorry. Beg your pardon, Holman and Mooney. Fine, yeah. okay. Oh no, would it be Holman and Harold? Well, Dave's playing tonight. Where are we? Tuesday yeah. tonight. So he's playing in Greenwich Borough. There's a or in um, eleven playing tonight uh, at Greenwich Borough eleven at Harlow. I'd like to see Mooney Harmon. Could be interesting because yeah. Dave's not that run around kind of guy, is he? He's the hold it up, bring yeah. players in. He's a bit cleverer than that. Speno zero one one said it's a point to safety, but did sound a dreadful game and still haven't won for six games. Need a big result against Woking next week. It's a must win. Record blue app says thank heavens it was only twelve pound for a ticket. Two abysmal sides with not much quality anywhere. Thought we missed Bond in the first half, and all in all, it's another point towards safety. But it's clear we have a lack of talent in the squad. It's true. It was only twelve quid a ticket. It's really cheap. Um, Paul Jamo 63 just need to get over the line with enough points so Justin Edinburgh can start planning his clear out he knows this squad is not good enough just on that point there were a few people on the bus suggesting that maybe some of these players have already been told that they're not staying on next year and therefore aren't necessarily giving it their all possibly no idea interesting for For me I mean mm. a squad I don't know who else comes in like what positions we strengthen in Midfield. Because for, for people for to come in, people have got to go. And it's not as easy as saying you're not staying next season. You have to negotiate contract breaks. So That's Clay true. is under contract. Charlie one. Lee ain't going to get released. He's barely played. We'll definitely be keeping him. Uh, Ebu, anyone's guess. Lawless has got another year, I believe. Yeah. Again, it ain't going to be cheap. To, you can't just tear up contracts. It ain't as easy as doing that. So to do that, it's going to be a lot of money being thrown at these players to walk away because... Why would you? Yeah. You're probably on decent contract or in compared to what you get at, let's say, even a top League Two club, they're probably on comparable money. Yeah. It's, it'd be interesting to see. It's interesting to see where people think we need to strengthen. Realistically, who goes Very who has to leave. Mackenough yeah. signed another deal. We've got Dayton, who won't Brophy. be going anywhere. Brophy is signed. Corona. Brophy ain't going anywhere. So the wings got, are sorted. Chrome's got a year option. So the wings, you go, no, not really. No. Up front, you've got three. 
one has to go if you're going to bring anyone else in, I think. Harold and Mooney and Bon. And Holman's on loan. So Holman's on loan. Central defence, not going to get anyone else in central defence. Great Potetta, Coulson, Elikobi, happy. I can't. I'd be amazed if we sign another centre back. Right back is done. Yeah. Sam Ling. Preston Ling, yeah. Left back, yeah, you could argue another left back comes in. But who else? No, the left back is the lad that we just signed from Thingy. He's only here to the end of the season, though, isn't he? True. And a keeper, you go, yeah, okay, maybe we do need another keeper, but if you do, that's Granger or Sergeant have to go. You won't have, you can't run a four keeper challenging. So yeah. interesting there. We kind of we went slightly off piece, but interesting debate. Yeah. Orient fan TV says no win in six is a big worry. Thankfully, the teams around are support as well. We'll take the point in a clean sheet, but need to stop picking up wins ASAP. Justin said he wouldn't let this season peter out. I'm wondering if he's already made his mind up who won't be here next season. Oh, so a bit what you said. I honestly hadn't read that. Um, I, yeah, genuinely hadn't read that. So, um, yeah, but a few people on the bus were saying that. James M.O. said it, uh, 67051271. That's a catchy yeah. uh, handle you got yourself there. Decent pitch, so no excuse there. In fact, their pitch was really good. I know they've got problems in yeah. one of the corners, but yeah, it was good. Just showed how bad we are at the moment. We need a spark of confidence and hope that we can take it on from here. At CM Orientals is a point as predicted, but listening to this one on the radio sounded like we need some strengthening up front. Clean sheet a plus, so onwards and hopefully upwards we march. Hats off to the 453 Orient fans in those conditions. Yeah, the Hut people say, point away is useful. Coroma should start. Anyone with pace in this league is dangerous. Non-league has a lot of donkeys and our central defenders aren't quick either. So if we come back to that point I made earlier, I think McEnough will start in the middle on Saturday. Yeah. I think you'll have Brophy on the left, you've got uh, Corona right, on, on the right, right, and I think in the middle... 4-1-3-2? Don't know. I think McEnough plays in the middle on Saturday. It'd be interesting. With Lawless, who will sit oh, I think Lawless, yeah, and I think you bench Clay. But again, Justin's job to make his decisions... Darren underscore Burrows said three positives so thank you Darren for doing our jobs for us this week <laughs> firstly a clean sheet yeah agree second away form was decent yeah third good performance from Adams and Brophy three negatives firstly no wins in six second four was not scoring and three one of our two best players isn't ours and Ebu Adams so thank you there Darren well that's our um, positives and negatives <laughs> for the week done thanks mate uh, Joe Jessner 16 said went to the game today we actually played pretty well probably deserved to win and Holman should have scored as should have gone final word at Wadsey who says to be successful you need a decent stable group who had a couple of seasons together look at Wrexham and Tran here Justin knows we need additions I know it'll be a couple of seasons minimum until we are ready we've come a long way quickly but let's be sensible and patient. Great tweet to end on. And again, thank you to everyone who's tweeted us over the last nine days. Yeah. Do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that we've just read out? Let us know what you think by tweeting us at Orient Outlook. If you're not on social media, you can email us orientoutlook at outlook.com. And if you're not on electronic mail, you're welcome but with our pleasure to come and have a chat with us. Let us know your thoughts. We can uh, maybe even take a voice memo from you if you are not um, on the yes. World Wide Web. We love voice memos. Get yours sent over now. So Prediction League update, well done to at msmthjack7 and James O'Hagan, who are the only two who got the results spot on by predicting nil-nil. The full table is available on our Facebook page. Bill Johnson leads by just two points ahead of Lawton Gamps, who is in second place. So the League Championship is up for grabs. And as always, thank you for all of your predictions. Yeah, absolutely. To finish the day off, Josh Coulson was named in the non-league papers team of the day. Uh, they said, led a much improved defensive display and a clean sheet 
for the O's. So yeah. well done yeah. to Josh. Brilliant. Well done, Josh. So Sunday, the 18th of March, due to the mm. poor weather conditions, the ladies' match against Wimbledon was postponed, as was this episode. Exactly. <laughs> Not for the same reason. Monday, the 19th of March. This is yesterday, as we record today. Uh, the club announced that young duo Henry Ochang and Michael Clark have left the club by mutual consent, with both players taking to Twitter to say their farewells. Yes, yeah, so Henry said, thanking everyone at Leighton Orient for the last few years at the club, wishing them the very best for the rest of the season and the future. Looking forward to the new steps in my career, but Leighton Orient will have a special place in my heart. So a lovely message there um, from Henry. Yeah, and Michael Clark tweeted a couple of pictures from his younger days and also said, just wanted to say a big thank you to the players, staff and fans who helped me along the way during my 11-year journey at Leighton Orient. That journey has now come to an end, but I'm looking forward to starting a new chapter. I'm truly grateful for everything the club has done for me whilst being such a huge part of my life over the years and wish them all the best for the future so good luck to both of you boys yes yeah, so two very nice messages there um, from two players who've been in the club for quite a while so your views on, on those two yeah shame to see them go Justin has made his decisions on who he wants I guess for next year or who he doesn't want more importantly uh, and along with Martin they've obviously let these two go which I, I, I genuinely think is, is disappointing as I think they'd be sort of good squad players but I guess it's a bit selfish of us to keep them back and not let them their careers progress if like you said earlier, Ella Corby, Coulson, Happy, Ekpeteta. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's four ahead of them, so yeah. it stunts their progression as well. So It's a difficult one, isn't it? It really is. You know, I know we need tried and tested players, but these two players had been in and around the first team at points. Michael Clark has played a few games this season. I thought he was exceptional Dagenham. in the FA Cup at home to Dagenham. Made a goal-saving clearance in the last minute. And then after that, he couldn't get back in the team, was loaned out. I know he's gone. Uh, Ochin was being compared to Kante by someone last season. I can't remember if it was Danny or if it was the mad Italian. The the mad, yeah, yeah, so disappointing. Um, but it's football, isn't it? It's the way it works. It's the system. So I heart Rushmore. Something's a good tweet. He said, I'm disappointed with this. But understand why it is worthwhile from their perspective as we won't give them game time in the next 12 months. I'm sure they will play at a higher level in the future and it goes without saying we wish both of those players the best of luck throughout their careers and no doubt they'll probably both come back to Brisbane Road in a few years and have absolute <coughs> belters of the match absolutely good luck to both of them the club also announced that an Orient 11 will be playing Greenwich Borough at Harlow Town on Tuesday the 20th of March which is today as we record we'll update you hopefully in a couple of moments time with the with the score there yes Tuesday 20th of March which leads us on to today so well done to the under 11s who beat Dagenham and Redbridge in the National League Trust Cup competition that was the boys team well done to the girls team under 11s who got to the semi-finals but were unfortunately beaten both of those matches while those tournaments were at Bourne Woods ground uh, with the boys winning a penalty shootout so go on Basically, Orient win a penalty shootout for once. There is some footage on there as well yeah, on, very on good. the internet. So, an Orient 11 faced Greenwich um, Borough at Harlow Town today, uh, tonight. Full time whistle has just gone. It literally, just looking at it, come in now. Um, and the team lined up with uh, Charlie Granger in goal, Judd, Ekpiteta, Happy, Mavilla, and uh, we're, we're, yeah, with the back four, I guess. Caprice, Haxiu, Kiprianu, Reynolds, Clayden. And Mooney with subs, Trialist, Ben Youssef, Scales, Janata uh, on the bench. Yeah. Don't know why there's only four, but there is. Yeah. So uh, just to bring you this, actually literally happened in the last few seconds. This is 
this is great. This is almost like Sky Sports Round news. breaking. Uh, so, Leighton Orient won 1 0 thanks to Lamar uh, Reynolds' Reynolds's goal. Um, so, it's just a narrow 1 0 win there. Yes, yeah, so well done to that team. Sam Ling was also in action this evening, making his debut for the England team. Oh, did he not say last time? Team. I think he might have been a sub. Not right, sure. Okay. Uh, and we're happy to say that England C won the game away 3 2. So, he didn't score. Um, but or keep a clean sheet. It was, it was involved in the team that, that won. Well, so well done, Sam, Sam Ling. Well so done. That brings this week and a half into an end. So let's round this up then. So fantasy football update. Dave Hayton leads the Orient Outlook Podcast Fantasy League on 1,819 well, 1, points. Seven points ahead of Sophie Henson. Come on, Sophie. In second place. It's going to be very tight towards the back end of the season. I am in 41st place. I will break into the top 30. You are moving on up. Yes, absolutely. Positives and negatives. Despite Darren doing that for us earlier, we came up with our own ones because we're not lazy. So positives <laughs> this week. Obviously, defence kept a clean sheet. Well done. Uh, good to have Joby back in the squad, so we're literally at full strength. Um, everybody was in training on Friday, with the exception uh, of Charlie Lee. Yeah. Uh, and the final positive that we were managed to drag up here, that we are um, eight points clear of the relegation places, although now I suspect, let me just check, this is live podcasting well, that for you. Change. You can come back to that one. That is literally 90 plus three minutes. It looks like Solihull Moors have won that, which now means that that is now... Five points. Still positive though. Still a positive. We are five points clear of the relegation. So negatives in. Lost to a team on Tuesday. Last Tuesday, who we really should have beat. Um, Tuesday as a whole was a massive negative. Secondly, not scored in two games. And yeah. you could argue against Torquay. And easily we didn't create much. But chances that should be going against. Good chances they were. Bon header against Torquay. Yeah. Uh, bon again against Eastley and Holman. And so Holman disappointing. Eastley, yeah. We've dropped two places since yeah. our last podcast disappointingly so 17th now and to finish off no win in six matches so a few negatives there to outweigh the positives yeah absolutely so moving on then hero of the week this week goes to Mr Sam Link so well done buddy you know out of a team who've not been doing too well I think Sam's been one of Good the highlights over the last two games yeah been steady and he's, um, and he's, he's made see, yeah. so yeah. well done there to Sam. Yep, so next week's fixtures. Then we've got three games coming up probably before we podcast next. It might be one depending on how we get on uh, at Woking. Um, so on Saturday the 24th of March, we've got Woking at home. Woking are currently uh, just below us at their 18th in the National League. One place and f- uh, the same number of points yeah. as, as us. So it's really a must-win uh, game and that will help put aside any relegation fears for us. Don't forget that Macaulay Bond and Ebu Adams will be missing this one due to international call-ups. Yep, and on Good Friday the 30th of March, we travel to Geisley. So Geisley a bottom of the National League on 26 points, 13 points from safety, and unfortunately, they are getting relegated. No ifs and buts about that. So this match presents a fantastic opportunity to pick up maximum points on the road. Yeah, then on Easter Monday, the 2nd of April, Maidenhead United come to Brisbane Road to complete what is a quite a busy Easter weekend. Yeah. Maidenhead are currently 13th in the National League, just four points above us, but by the team's meet, the gap could be even smaller. So again... This match presents another chance for three points for us. Yeah, if you're going to any of the home games and you see us, then please come over and say hello to yourself, Stan Chums. And just to add, Loft Meeting is this Thursday week, the 29th of March, the day before Good Friday, at the Supporters Club. Entry is free. 
it's all off members we will be there we'll try to live podcast it which I think we can do it if yep. we can we just need to test it and if not we'll record it so we'll have that available on all our normal platforms and just to add that as a special general meeting because having sought legal advice about what they can do with the money they are now in a position to be telling us what that will look like and I dare say there will probably be some voting in there so it is an important meeting do attend do make every effort to get there please entry is free as Steve said so um, we will try and live stream it somehow or record it and put it up somehow we will do something to help them to publicise that absolutely as much as we can absolutely so that's it so thank you for joining us for episode 137 it's been a tough week on the pitch for the O's as we only took one point from six over the last two fixtures as Torquay came to Brisbane Road and got a one the win in one of the poorest Orient games in memory which was followed by a nil-nil away draw to Eastleigh in which some fans felt we were unfortunate to not win the game off the pitch we've seen Michael Clark and Henry Ochin lead the club and we wish them the best of luck this may have been a bit of a gloomy podcast when talking about matches but the upcoming weeks is an ample opportunity to take maximum points as the O's face teams around them in the table over the next three games. That's vital. We all support the boys and hopefully cheer them on to a very valuable nine points. All being well, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're going to any of the home games and you see us, then obviously please do uh, come over. Have I missed a paragraph? I don't know where you are, mate. I'm at the bottom. Oh, sorry. No, I have. I do beg your pardon. So basically, we'll be back. Yeah, we're going to be back with episode... This is this is pure professionalism at its finest. We'll be back with episode number 138, either on Tuesday the 27th of March, or we're going to be podcasting on Easter Monday, the 2nd of April, with all the information and views that you could ever need. So basically, we're not doing this Sunday. It's my birthday. It's your birthday. The wife doesn't mind the podcast. Like it's your birthday. The wife doesn't mind the podcast anymore, but there's no way I can get away with doing it on my birthday so that hence no podcast this Sunday so if you're listening yeah. on iTunes subscribe give our podcast a review if you're listening on SoundCloud tune in and Stitcher add us to your favourites and if you have an Alexa you can listen to the Orient Outlook podcast on Alexa so yes, thank you, you can. to that I think it was Petrius on Twitter who sent us a video of him saying play the Orient Outlook podcast and Alexa played it so that was amazing, amazing. so if you have an older relative or loved one who you think will like the podcast and if they have an Alexa just scream at it or an Outlook podcast and get it on for them lovely we look forward to hearing from you do keep in touch with us and as always please keep calm listen to the Orient Outlook podcast we are going to be playing you out with um, one of our favourite songs here but also just a reminder we do still have some mugs that are available we can bring them to Woking uh, they are £7 each or we'll do two for 12 quid. postage is £3 so if you're not coming to a game we can get it to yeah, you thank you to at Wadsey and at Martin Strong who will be picking up their mugs this Saturday so if you want one give us a DM or an email we're more than happy bring them along absolutely so that's it for this week thank just under the hour mark thanks to everybody for all your contributions and all your um interactions and engagements with us we couldn't do this without you and thanks to everybody who listened and robbie who i met in the on the sunshine coach um great to meet you thanks for listening appreciate that um and again yeah have a up great the o's. up the o's <laughs>